Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for September 8th, 2020. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And also, don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. Uh, Schwan Humes and I uh, did one last Thursday. We're going to do another one on Thursday. So check those out as well. Okay, so uh, let's uh, first of all... Got a couple of new video. Got a couple of new videos up on the blog. One of them is from uh, uh, Saturday's AEW show. It is Hikaru Shida uh, versus Thunder Rosa, and um, uh, it's a pretty good match, as I expected it would be. Uh, the, the The problem I have with what AEW did here is um, they brought in Thunder Rosa, basically. Uh, on a one-shot. She's the current NWA women's champion, and um, she's primary, she's, you know, under contract to them. So, you know, they brought her over for the one match, and I have a big problem with that aspect of it because it just shows how bad their women's division is. It's Hikaru Shida, who's an outstanding wrestler, and the rest of who they have is just, they're just not very good. Okay, so, you know, all I see is fans are, oh, maybe she'll come over again. Listen, you can't count on that, okay? Uh, you have to deal with what you have, and they haven't done a good job. And it's mostly the, the, the culprit is the guy who actually runs the AEW women's division, and that's Kenny Omega. You know, let me say this about Kenny Omega. He's a very good wrestler, too flip, does too much flippy shit for my liking, but... Here's the bottom line. When it comes to judging women's wrestling talent, he's an idiot. And, you know, they got to give that job to somebody else who actually knows something and not Brandy Rhodes because she can't wrestle herself. What makes you think she can judge what anyone else does? So I, I, I thought it was a very good match. It's about what I expected from these two. I suggest you have a you watch it, but... Uh, they got to do something about this. It's not working, okay, what they're doing. Okay. Now, we had one uh, women's fight on Saturday's UFC show, and that video was up on my blog. Uh, it was um, it was Viviani Araujo uh, winning over uh, Montana De La Rosa by unanimous decision. So uh, Viviani is from Brasilia, Brazil, she is a former uh, Pancrase champion as a strawweight, but she's fighting here at flyweight. She's actually fought at strawweight, flyweight, and bantamweight. I kind of prefer her as a strawweight because I think it's the appropriate weight class for her. At flyweight, she's a little undersized. Okay? And, and you see that here because uh, Montana, who is another uh, fighter who started as a strawweight, uh, is three inches taller than Viviani. Okay, Montana uh, is from Texas originally. Her husband is also a UFC fighter. And uh, they train at um, uh, Elevation Fight Team in uh, Denver with um, Neil Marshall and Christian Allen. And uh, so what we have here is we have Viviani is primarily a striker, uh, though she can work on the ground as well uh, with um, 
uh, Montana, she is primarily a wrestler, but her striking is subpar. Okay, so the big question here, if you watch this fight, the big question you're going to have is if, if Montana is primarily a wrestler, why is she trying to strike with Viviani? Well, that's a very good question because uh, what happens in this fight is uh, she just doesn't look comfortable striking with Viviani. Viviani is basically, uh, you know, touching her up with uh, her jab and she follows up with uh, an overhand right and also her leg kicks. Holy mackerel. And so um, for me, I thought that um, Viviani won the fight 30-27. Round two was a little closer, but in the end... Uh, I scored the fight 30-27, and um, uh, two of the judges scored it that way, and the third judge scored it 29-28. So, so what the heck were they were, were um, uh, Allen and Marshall doing with uh, Montana? So I have a theory about this, okay? Which I don't know if this is what happened, but this is what I think happened, okay? So. You may or may not be aware of this, but during uh, fight week, the broadcasters, in this particular case, John Anik and Daniel Cormier, have fighter meetings with the uh, fighters and also the, um, the trainers just to update what they've been doing and that sort of thing. And I guess what they talked about on the broadcast is that um, uh, Allen claimed that uh, Montana uh, improved her striking... And they were going to try and showcase that. And not the best decision, especially when you're fighting somebody who's actually a really good striker. And so if you watch the broadcast, the thing you'll notice is that Cormier, who sometimes can be very good, but sometimes he goes overboard like he did here, he really goes out of his way to try and show how Montana's striking has improved. But... I don't think it did, you know. She just didn't look comfortable to me. And so at what point should um, Allen and Marshall try and get her, you know, to go for a takedown and take it to the ground? Well, they never did, okay? You know, uh, Viviani won the first round. What, they, what happened in the second round is it was somewhat closer, okay? But Viviani, in my opinion, still won it. But what did uh, Allen and Marshall tell Montana between rounds? They told her that they thought the fight was tied. So they thought she could, should keep doing what she's doing, right? Well, that was the wrong piece of advice, right? Obviously, she, the fight was not tied, as we saw in the results. And really, she should have gone and try and get a finish, because that's what she was going to need. So... Uh, really, I think that um, these two coaches, who, who are actually pretty good coaches, they got a good camp there, right? They are, they're good coaches. I just think they messed up, and Montana lost that fight because those guys told her to do something that was against her better judgment, okay? And, you know, sometimes you listen to your coaches, but if they tell you the wrong thing, eh, not such a good idea. Okay. 
All right. Now, as far let's talk a little bit about Asuka because she was actually on Raw last night, but I didn't post the match on my blog because it's too short and she's only in the match for like about a minute. All right. So what the match was, it was Asuka teaming with Mickey James versus uh, and Natalia and Lana. Uh, and anyway, so what they're doing is they're obviously what they're doing is they're setting up uh, a title defense for next week's Raw. So what is the WWE playbook for that? Well, you have the two who are going to face each other team up. Okay, that way they can, you know, stare daggers at each other and, you know, <laughs> do silly things and stuff like that. And so that's kind of what happened, okay? Um, I mean, what they're trying to do uh, back in um, uh, 2015, uh, Asuka, or 2016, I guess it was, Asuka and Mickey James had a great match. And it actually got Mickey uh, back in the uh, WWE. But I don't see Mickey beating Asuka. So it's kind of, when you think about it, when you think about it, the whole thing is kind of a time waster, okay? So the, the, the match was a time waster. It wasn't a very good match. Uh, Asuka was only in the match for about a minute, okay? And there's just too much nonsense going on between Asuka and Mickey. And then at the end of the match, when Asuka got Lana in the Asuka lock, the WWE missed the finish. They, were, they had the camera on uh, Mickey and Natalia on the floor. So they messed up too. So the whole, I just didn't want to post it because I didn't think it was any good. And I'm not going to post stuff like that. Okay. So like I said, next week we're talking about uh, Asuka will be defending uh, the uh, Raw Women's Championship against Mickey. I, Asuka, I expect Asuka to retain. But... I do expect it to be a good match. Okay. All right. Now, uh, fans have asked me what I think of this new uh, WWE uh, kind of clamping down on social media and all that sort of thing. And uh, I, I'm prepared to, to, to comment on it now um, because now we have a clearer idea of uh, what they're trying to do. Part of the problem was that there was some misinformation about... about uh, uh, who owns their real name, wrestlers' real names, and stuff like that. And that was the, the, the culprit there, apparently, was uh, uh, head of talent relations, Mark Carano, who, who claimed that the WWE, supposedly claimed that the WWE owns their real names. They don't. Okay. So that's a lot of nonsense. But anyway, what they're trying to do here, uh, what the WWE is trying to do here, is specifically for um, internet sites that generate revenue for the individual wrestler. And the three sites in particular are YouTube, uh, Twitch, and Cameo, okay? They're not interested in, in, um, in Twitter or um, Instagram or Facebook or, any, or those things there because they don't generate revenue. But those three sites do. So uh, mainly their concern uh, is with Cameo. Okay, uh, YouTube uh, generates revenue. Uh, uh, we all know what YouTube is. Twitch is a gaming site where you can uh, 
where you can do live gaming and chat and stuff like that. And that also generates revenue for the wrestlers. So all they're asking for those two sites there is for uh, the wrestlers to use their real names as opposed to their ring names. And they got 30 days to make that change. And some of the wrestlers have already switched over to that. If you're wondering about Asuka and Kanachan TV, well, she was already doing that, okay? She's not Asuka on her YouTube channel. She's Kana, okay? That's the real person that you're seeing on those YouTube videos. I keep getting people calling her Asuka on those. And she doesn't even refer to Asuka very much. I think she did once. The only thing she does is she keeps all her merchandise in the living room. Other than that, you know, this is the real Kana that you're seeing. And it's one of the reasons that the channel is so popular is because that's the real person, okay? It's the same thing with Twitch. Several wrestlers have Twitch channels, and it does generate revenue, but they're asking the wrestlers, like AJ Styles, for example, to use his real name, which is Alan Jones, okay? So I'm not sure where that's going to go. Cameo is a little bit different. So what Cameo is... That is a site where celebrities um, uh, will chat uh, with fans, video chat, video chat with fans for a price, okay? And the celebrity sets the price. So I guess what they're seeing here is a lot of the wrestlers are doing this and making money on this. And I guess uh, the WWE wants to have their own uh, a channel for this. In other words, they don't mind doing this. And, and in fact, uh, Asuka and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura do this for Japanese fans, and it is a WWE branded site with J Sports. So they do the same thing, but obviously they have kind of a deal with uh, with the WWE where uh, they get um, a certain percentage of the revenue. And the WWE, and I presume J-Sports, also gets a certain percentage of a revenue. It's probably split into three or something like that. Okay, so uh, so here's the problem that I see with it. You have these wrestlers making money on Cameo, and the WWE is coming in, and they're saying, okay, we want a piece of that action. So I don't know how uh, much pushback and how resistant the wrestlers are going to be to this. Okay, and I guess what happened is recently Charlotte Flair started a, a cameo channel, and apparently she's making a killing on that thing. So, I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. I'm not sure how well it's going to go over, you know, and, you know, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see about that. But mostly the policy is aimed at cameo. Okay, that's the, the real sticking point here, and that's why. I didn't really comment on it when this was first reported uh, because uh, I wanted to get a better handle on what exactly they're trying to do here. And so now I know that that's what they're looking to do. Okay, it does, I don't believe, uh, some. like I said, it doesn't really affect Twitch or YouTube. It does affect Cameo because it looks like they want to start their own service. Okay, Okay, let's talk about this Saturday's UFC show. We have four, count them, four women's matches on the show. Okay, the main event of this show uh, is uh, at uh, Strawweight, Michelle Watterson versus Angela Hill. 
Okay, so this was supposed to be the co-main event, and then, um, uh, what's his face there? Uh, uh, T, uh, Glover Texera uh, tested positive for COVID. So this has been turned into a five-round uh, main event. And, and I guess my main concern about it is, I mean, these two have fought five-round matches before at Invicta. So that's not really the issue. The issue to me is neither of them are finishers, okay? Michelle, at one point, was a pretty decent uh, wrestler, and she could finish a fight. I don't think she can finish a fight. It's strawweight because she's too damn small, okay? Angela is not a finisher. She's basically a striker. She really has no ground game to speak of. So I don't see a finish here. So will the fight be any good? Will it be boring? I don't really know the answer to that question. That's my number one concern, though, is that the fight will be boring. Okay? I know, I know. But, you know, eh, Michelle Watterson really is not a straw weight. Angela Hill is kind of over... I'm surprised she ever made a main event. I mean, can you imagine that? But, so I'm not crazy about the fight. You know, I don't think either of them can be champ. But... They're popular fighters, so this is why they're getting this slot. This is why they were a co-main event in the first place, because, not because they're great fighters, but because they're popular, okay? All right, so also on the main card, we have at Flyweight, Andrea Lee versus Roxanne Modafferi. So uh, these two have fought before back in Invicta, and if I remember correctly, Andrea came in on short notice, and um, uh, Roxanne won. Um, I don't expect this to be a whole lot different. And again, I, I don't see a finish with this. Um, what we've seen with Andrea Lee is she has plenty of sex appeal and charisma. She's not that good a fighter, okay? And she's lost her last couple of fights. She just hasn't looked that very good. But I don't even think she, I mean, you know, she lost both of those fights by split decision. And so that's the big problem with Andrea Lee. She doesn't do enough to win fights. She's just not active enough. And, you know, I, she's been like this for a long time. So, I mean, we all know how she got into the UFC. It's because she's got sex appeal. But she needs to be better. And she's just not. With Roxanne, I mean, she had a bad loss in her last fight. Um, she lost to... Um, yeah, she lost to Lauren Murphy, and that uh, she had potential of possibly getting uh, a title shot if she had won that fight, but she didn't. She lost, and so she needs a win here, I think. Otherwise, she's going to get going down. Andrea Lee, I don't think, is that great a fighter, so I favor Roxanne in this, uh, but um, again, I don't see this uh, with a finish because I don't think either of them are finishers. What I do see is another possible split decision loss for Andrea. She really needs to do more. Okay? All right. We've got a couple on the prelims as well. So, if you recall, last week, Sajara Eubanks was supposed to fight um, um, Carol Rosa. And Carol Rosa got sick at the last minute. Okay? Now, Julia Avila 
uh, was supposed to fight Nico Montano, and Nico uh, got um, uh, tested positive for COVID. So they were going to uh, reschedule that, but then Nico uh, dropped out anyway. So they decided to do this, uh, this on this Saturday show. So it's Julia Avila versus Sajara Eubanks at um, a Bantamweight. And there's no way that Julia loses this fight. There's no, she's a much better fighter than Sajara. It's not even close. And, uh, you know, Julia's from Oklahoma City. Uh, her record is 8-1. and one. Her only loss was in an Invicta fight where she broke her finger um, 30 seconds into the fight, and that's the only reason she lost. Other than that, she's looked really good. And um, uh, she's, I think, uh, 2-0 in the UFC or something like that. Uh, Sajara was on uh, Tough 26, which was for flyweights, but she couldn't make weight. So she ended up having to move back up to, to uh, bantamweight. Now, she fought at Invicta as a bantamweight. The problem with Sajara as a bantamweight is she just isn't that good. And so if she had been able to um, successfully, fight, successfully fight at, um, at, at uh, flyweight, uh, she could actually you know, be a high-ranking fighter. But as a, as, a, as a bantamweight, she's just not good enough. You know, so... Uh, I, it should be an easy win for uh, Julia. And the fourth women's fight on this show, yeah, I think it's the fourth, fourth women's fight on this show is at flyweight. It is Sabina Mazo versus Justine Kish. And they're both lower card fighters at this stage. Sabina is from Columbia originally. She trains at King's MMA in Huntington Beach, California. She's also been hanging around quite a bit with Chris Cyborg lately. I don't know how much training she's doing over there. but um, So she was an LFA champ who came into the UFC. And um, she uh, came to the UFC. And she lost her first fight against Marina Moroz. So she's won her two fights since then. Um, you know, she... Uh, is known for her head kicks and that sort of thing there, but we haven't really seen that with her. Uh, she's beaten two fighters, Shana, Shana Dobson and J.J. Aldridge. And, uh, you know, uh, is this a step up in competition? It's hard to say. Um, um, Justine, uh, they, they have her build us from St. Petersburg, Russia. She was born in Russia, but she was actually adopted and grew up in North Carolina. So she's not Russian, really. Uh, she now lives in Los Angeles, and she trains at Black House MMA in, in Los Angeles. Uh, she was in she was supposed to be in Tough Twenty, but unfortunately, uh, she got injured and she had a bad knee, so she wasn't able to do that. And uh, since then, she's fought at strawweight, and uh, in recent times, she's moved up to flyweight. Um, she's an okay fighter, but she's not a finisher. And so, again, it's one of these cases where, unless we all of a sudden start seeing some finishes out of Sabina, uh, I see this going, you know, all uh, three rounds and possibly to a split decision, uh, possibly to a split decision. So, eh, that's what you get with these fights, right? Okay, we have one fight coming up on next Tuesday's um, Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. And here's, this, is interest, this is an interesting fight, I guess. This is going to be at uh, Featherweight. And the fight is Danielle Wolf 
versus Tanisha Tennant. Okay, so Danielle Wolf is interesting because she's uh, 36 years old, which is kind of old, and she is a former Olympic boxer. Okay, and um, she also has a boxing record of 27 and 14. And this is her MMA debut. How about that? Isn't that interesting? So, I mean, she, she was actually supposed to have an MMA bout um, a couple of years ago and it got canceled. Uh, she's training at Alliance MMA in San Diego. Uh, and uh, so that's Eric Del Fierro. And she's a big one. She's five foot 11. You know, uh, she, to me, 37 years old, right? And she's trying to take up MMA. You ever heard the expression, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? That's what we're talking about here. So, you know, I don't know what the hell she's going to be like. I don't know what the hell she's going to be like. We'll see. Okay. Uh, Tanisha Tennant is 31 years old from New York City. She trains at Budokan Martial Arts. Um, her, her record is 3-0. and uh, she's, uh, She won uh, the Invicta FC Phoenix Series 3 earlier this year. Uh, and... Um, you know, she looked pretty good. The problem is that was a bantamweight. So what they're doing, it's pretty obvious what they're up to here. They think that Danielle will overpower her because of the size difference. I mean, Danielle, like I said, is five foot eleven. Um, uh, Tanisha is five foot seven, so she's got a big size advantage. So that's what they're thinking. But I would caution you on this because. You know, we're talking about um, somebody who's clearly an MMA fighter fighting somebody who isn't an MMA fighter at all, has never fought MMA. So who the hell knows what she's going to be like? So we'll see next Tuesday. Okay, that's about it for today. Uh, As usual, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com to check out those videos that I posted. Uh, Also, don't forget to check out my other podcast, the uh, big topic in women's MMA. We're going to do another one on Thursday. So if you have any questions or comments for uh, either of my podcasts or my blog, you can leave them an Anchor's voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.